Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Hi there. Yes, it is Chris. Thank you for checking out another episode of the Solar PV Cast. It is powered by Shift for all your solar and energy storage needs. Make sure you visit shift.ca. This is Steve Unger. He is a senior project engineer uh, at Shift. And Steve is joining the podcast today in in house in the room. I'm looking forward to this conversation, uh, and we're talking about the fact that uh, to borrow a line from a famous television show, Game of Thrones, shout out, winter is coming, yes. and we want to find out by Steve what that means when it comes to solar grid, tie solar, uh, off grid solar, energy storage, how you have to maintain things like your batteries and so forth. So, Steve, thanks for joining the Solar PV Cast. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Chris. Great to be here. And indeed, winter is coming. And uh, as you mentioned, I thought we could break this into three parts. So talk about grid tie, talk about battery backup, and then finally talk about off grid. Um, so to get started with that, yeah, grid tie, that's kind of the, the simplest form of solar, which most people have. Um, and I guess what happens this time of year is your production will start dropping significantly. So don't get too surprised about that. Don't call shift up and say, hey, what the heck is going on here? This is the climate. This is Mother Nature. Um, it's kind of a triple effect. Uh, the days are getting shorter. Um, the sun is lower in the sky. And especially here on the West Coast, it gets gray and raining. So that triple effect significantly drops your performance, especially once we hit the, the equinox. Um, to give you an example, my house, um, June 21st, I probably produce about 90 kilowatt hours in the day. On December 21st, I'll probably produce about two. Big Depending difference. On, big difference. Huge difference. Again, that two is assuming it's a gray day, not a right. bright sunny day. So, But even on a bright sunny day, it might only be 10 or 12. So right. significant that's difference. because the sun's obviously lower on the horizon. Yeah. In, in the case of my house, it probably will skirt, you know, Get some treetops as it goes around right, right. the whole the whole lot. Um, the thing is, your system is still working, and don't worry about it because most of our energy in Canada is produced between April and you know September, early October. So this is totally expected. It's built into the modeling. It's all good. That is also to say that if you get snow on your solar panels in the winter, don't worry about it. Um, just to give you know back to that example of my house. Um, that two kilowatt hours on December 21st, um, on June 21st, it only takes half an hour to produce that much energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're going up on your roof to clear snow, you're probably clearing, you know, a minuscule amount or saving a minuscule amount of energy, right? You might be clearing snow and, you know, generating a dollar worth of solar. Right. Right. It's not worth risking your life yeah. getting up there doing that. Um, and I think you even had a podcast That's with another right. gentleman who said he went out and bought a brush yeah. and then figured he'd never actually get the payback on the brush from, you know, totally. yeah. I think it was like a $70 brush and you're like, you're saving a, you know, maybe 50 cents by clearing that snow. It's going to yeah. take him. He's like, I'll never see the return on my investment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Safety first, always, especially in, in our industry. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it too much. Now, obviously, if you live in a different part of Canada that has snow for months and months and months, you know, maybe you want to get a professional up there. Maybe you want to tie yourself off. There are other options. But if it's just, you know, short-term snow, don't worry about it. And, and a lot of people do ask this question. We're in Canada. We're installing solar panels. They need sunlight. It's a natural question. Um, what about the fact um, 
Does the snow melt faster on a solar panel? The snow will melt a little bit faster um, once part of the solar panel is uncovered. Because for the solar panel to kind of start generating energy, it needs to get a little bit of light on it. Right. Once it actually gets there, then yes, it'll start generating its own own heat and the snow will, will melt off. Now, that actually raises another good point is solar panels are a lot slipperier than roofs. Right. So the, the snow will shed off a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. Um, so something just to keep be mindful of, you know, if you do have solar panels, you know, just watch out for snow coming, you know, across, coming off them onto right. uh, the surface below so well snow guards i've heard heard that in the shift office conversation yeah. a few times about people looking for snow guards so that it's not dropping down onto the deck that's right. the front walk yeah 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 and you can get snow guards for the bottom of solar panels that is a concern and and you're in that type of climate but uh if you don't have the snow guards again just look up <laughs> and right. make sure you don't yeah, get hit yeah. by a uh snow bank coming off your uh, solar panels. for sure so grid tie, uh, uh, getting ready for winter, is there anything you have to do? I mean, for the most part, you're tied to the grid. You're not using batteries. It's really just the panel. So snow is really yep. the only factor. It's the only factor. And just to keep in mind that your production will drop right. significantly. But no, there's not much to do. Um, the nice part, at least here on the West Coast, is, you know, once the rains come, you know, our solar panels actually get a good cleaning. So that's, that's, uh, that's an advantage. Um, but and, no, and again, it's all calculated in the proposal. That's so, right. so what you see on your solar contract um, in terms of production has already accounted for the average amount of snowfall in that area. And that, absolutely, that would be Nova Scotia. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's right. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So and that, what about when we move to energy storage? Yeah. So battery backup. So there is a, probably a little bit more to do there. Um, around this time of year is a really good time to actually make sure your batteries are in good shape, depending on what battery system you have, whether it's, you know, flooded AGM, lithium. Um, it's always good to go in there and just check the voltages, check everything else. Um, just to keep in mind, a fully charged battery, so a 48-volt battery bank, um, is actually 52 volts or, or more when it's fully charged. By 48 volts, it's actually kind of almost depleted. Mm. So just to keep that in mind, um, obviously lithium-ion batteries usually have built-in battery management systems, so they'll actually report their own state of charge, and some of them even will report their state of health. So that makes it makes it a lot easier. But always good to go in, you know, through your inverter or your charge controller, or whatever monitor, and just check what your battery voltage is, okay. and just make sure it's up there. Now, you, you've probably got this on your list to cover already, but obviously things have changed in the lithium-ion world. Tesla yeah. Powerwalls have to be installed outside. Yes. It's cold outside. Yes. Um, so, yeah, here on the West Coast, it's not a big deal because it doesn't really get cold enough for, for long enough. Um, so that's okay. But in other parts of the world, yeah, lithium-ion batteries, you can spend, uh, you know, a bunch of time trying to figure out how to keep your batteries warm because right. you don't want them to go below freezing for a significant amount of time. Grandma to knit some blankets or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a few ways around it. Um, you know, maybe we can probably talk. Well, actually, let's talk about it now. Um, what we've seen with lithium ion is uh, some of these batteries are actually coming out with internal heaters now. So oh. built into the battery is actually a heater to make sure it stays above above freezing. Um, if you don't have that, then you can actually you know put a you know 
a blanket around them. Um, you can put a box around them, you know, an insulated box. Right, yeah. Um, the other thing is if your inverter allows you to do this, you can actually kind of on a daily basis, like discharge the battery and recharge it um, because that will generate heat. Oh. So you're kind of making the battery right. do some work. Right. It's generating some heat because you don't need a lot of heat. If it's a small box, right. you know, well insulated, then it doesn't take much. So we've done that with a few places. Um, Does and that... Does that hurt the longevity of the battery being drained and, and recharged that many times? Is that even a factor? Um, eventually, yes. The short answer is yes, it does. But we're not discharging it that far. We're only taking it down, you know, it's 20% okay. and then charging it back up. And most lithium-ion batteries have, you know, a six to 10,000 cycle life. Okay. And that's assuming a deep discharge. We're just doing a shallow discharge. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I suppose, you know, I'm kind of what I'm saying here is a little bit of discharge and keeping it warm is probably extends it life more than actually having it be cold for an extended period of time. Right. I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've done that. And, you know, uh, even a box around. Uh, some batteries have actually kept it kind of 10 degrees Celsius, even if it was minus two, minus three outside. Right. So that's an option. Um, lead acid batteries, you don't have to worry about that. They can be cold. Oh, they can, yeah, of course. They can be that's cold. What's, what's in a vehicle. That's what's in your car. So yeah. those those trucks in minus 50 Fort McMurray, Alberta, yeah, you don't have to put a cozy around those batteries. Well, I wouldn't go minus 50. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, cars in Alberta, they have block heaters. Yeah. That's probably, yeah. But... You you do lose a little capacity of your battery if it gets cold, right. but it it will still work and it won't damage it per right. se. Not like it'll destroy a lithium ion battery. Do you see lead acid batteries in grid tie backup? Mm -hmm. You do. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess a battery's a battery's a battery. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, we oftentimes still see lead acid batteries in in back battery backup systems at right. homes, um, because it is a a less expensive option right um and particularly since you're not actually discharging a battery backup system that much um having a long cycle life of a, of a battery isn't actually as important uh because you're not using it that much right it's sitting there you know probably 360 days of the year doing nothing yeah yeah um, but uh they they lose charge just sitting there is that right yes Okay. Yeah, all batteries will self-discharge. Okay. Um, so yeah, as part of the system, the the inverter is keeping the battery topped up. So if you look at your monitor, you'll you'll see a few watts going into the battery all the time. Right. And that's just like a it's called a float charge or a trickle charge. It's just basically to keep the battery topped up. Cool. And I suppose these these lithium ions with the built-in heater, they're they're kind of powering themselves. Yeah. Which is also generating heat. Yeah, draining a bit and charging up and draining a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, so yeah, um, so then the other thing about your battery visual inspection, especially oh, yeah. if you have the lead acid batteries, just look at the terminals, make sure there's no corrosion, nothing building up on them. Make sure the batteries don't look misshapen or damaged or anything like that. Just again, you know, common sense. Uh, coming from a place of thinking of my car battery, when you pop the hood and you can see all the white. You know, all the gunk. dry gunk on it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean the battery's done, just means it needs to clean, or is it time to start thinking about a new battery? A little bit of both. Okay. If you can keep the battery clean, that's good. You definitely want to get the gunk off. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it probably means that you should get someone to come in and test the system and just make sure it is okay. Right. 
And then again, just going back to car batteries, the most batteries I see generally, uh, you know, I remember going out there with dad, checking the water levels Mm. in the batteries or is it, yeah, it's water, isn't it? Distilled water. Yeah. 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 Is that something that you have to do often or? If you have flooded lead acid batteries, Mm -hmm. like, like you talk about in the car batteries, yes, it's something you have to do regularly. And what you're doing is you're actually putting distilled water inside there because the solution between the anode and the cathode is actually sulfuric acid. So you have to keep that topped up because if you dry it out, then that kind of connection is gone and your battery doesn't work anymore. Um, Yeah, having flooded lead acid batteries, there's a lot of maintenance involved. And that's typically why um, I don't think we've installed flooded lead acid batteries in a long time because there's so much maintenance. And and with the sulfuric acid, you have to have gloves and a a face screen. And you got a baking soda with you just in case. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so it's a, it's quite a bit of work. Oh, so, and, and that's perhaps where I, you know, when I see a, a, a battery, like some of the off-grid ones, we've, I assumed yeah. they were flooded, but that is a different type of, that, of lead, lead acid. acid. Yeah, that's a sealed lead acid battery. Got it. So instead of having a sulfuric acid as the medium, it's got right. a gel in there. Got it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I learned something there. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so outside of that, for your battery backup system, one of the best things you can do this time of year is actually simulate a grid outage. So go to your main panel, turn off your main breaker, um, fail over to your battery backup system, and I, you know, if you can, live with it for uh. several hours. You know, figure out what works, what doesn't work, you know, how long your battery is going to last. You know, keep an eye on them. You don't want to drain them down to nothing, but just try and live that way. So when it does come time, if it happens, you're not surprised, right? right. You know, it goes back to, you know, um, emergency preparedness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, fake a tornado and figure out what you're going right. to do. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a great way of understanding how your system's yeah. going to perform. Maybe uh, something we could tack on to the time change battery fire alarm check. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Time change, let's check the batteries and the fire alarms and, and live off the backup. Live off the battery backup yeah, for a night yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. And the kids, if there's any kids in the house, they'll love that. Oh, they think it's fantastic. Yeah. You, you, you whip out this and that doesn't work. Yeah, no, they'll yeah. have a blast running around seeing what works and what yeah, yeah. Obviously, you should know what works and what right. doesn't work. But still, at the same time, it's good to actually yeah. you know, experience this. Something you just said, you know, you shouldn't run it down to nothing. Um, is that just because is that cause it's bad for the batteries or that's just because why run it down to nothing in a test? Because uh, it's bad for the batteries. Okay. Yeah. So for the lead acid batteries, you don't really want to go too far below, say, 50, 60% okay. too regularly because it does prematurely burn out the battery. Okay. So what do you do in a, a real life situation where your grid's gone down and you want to use your battery backup, but you got you just got to stop at 50%? Well, yeah. Um, with a battery backup system, you could probably go down to 80% okay. and not do too much damage because right. you're not doing that regularly. Right. But at a certain point, your batteries are going to have to turn off right. right? because otherwise you will damage them. Um, and at that point, you hope either the grid is back <laughs> right. or the sun comes out Yeah. Um, if you have solar hooked up to your battery backup. Right. Um, or in some instances, people will then have a backup generator, right. which is like the backup to the backup. Yeah. And then well, you can charge your batteries back. Well, batteries turn themselves off before the danger zone? Uh, 
Depends. Uh, the lead acid batteries won't. They don't have any brains to them. Right. Um, but the inverter will turn it off. The Got inverters it. have a low battery cutout. Oh, cool. So usually like around, you know, depends, but anywhere from 45 to 47 volts. If you have a 48 volt system, the inverter will just shut off and it won't start taking power from the batteries anymore. Right. Um, the lithium batteries, uh, like I said, have these BMSs built into them. So they're much smarter. So they will just themselves turn off. When they hit, typically most of them, when you hit 10%, they'll just say, ah, I'm done, I'm out. And uh, they'll just sit there right. um, and wait until they can get a charge. Right. Um, so they're definitely lower maintenance for sure than a lead acid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot smarter, lower maintenance. You can discharge some more, um, but you pay a premium for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just like anything in life, you, you pay for low, you pay for yep. less work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, yeah, you know, I highly recommend that you simulate an outage. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, experience it, see what it's like. And, yeah, then you won't be surprised, you know, when you wake up one morning and, you know, the power's out. You know exactly what to do. Exactly. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so then number three is is off-grid. So, obviously, if you're off-grid, you don't have to simulate the grid outage because <laughs> you live without a grid. Um, all of the things we talked about above apply. Um, I would say, you know, in terms of cleaning off your solar panels, um, if you are off-grid, then, yeah, you probably have a little bit more motivation to get up on the roof and try and clear them off because that is, you know, one of your only two power sources is, is right. the solar. I mean, generally, if somebody's living off-grid, they're, they're a hardy person to begin yeah, with. So exactly. a, a task of taking that on safely is yeah. within their wheelhouse rather than somebody... Totally in the suburbs of the city is like, ah, I'm just going to go up here and try this on my own. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. And most off-grid people know, uh, you know, living off-grid is all about battery management, mm -hmm. right? Energy management through their batteries. And most of the people keep a pretty close eye on their battery levels anyway. So they're well familiar with this. Um, what does tend to catch off-grid people out is their generators. Mm. So, um, I've never met an off-grid system that actually doesn't need a generator for at least, you know, a month of the year in December when we have, you know, next to nothing. Um, that said, unless you have like wind or <clears throat> micro hydro. But for the most part, you know, make sure this time of year you go out there, start your generator up because it may, well, it, you should have run it, you know, every month just to make sure everything's lubed up. I and mean, that's a tip as well, right? Yeah. 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 But if you haven't, this is a really good time to go out there, start it up. Make sure the oil's topped up, you know, that you have a few, few jerry cans or your propane tanks full, whatever the case may be. Just make sure that generator is working. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have to keep an eye on your battery level if you don't have an auto automatic generator start. And then if it gets down low, you're going to have to go out and turn the generator on, which yeah. is something you probably haven't had to do throughout the summer. Right. And now now you're back to that, that right. time of year again. And it's, uh, it's pretty incredible how much you forget over the summer, like driving in the winter. Yeah. So even in Alberta, people end up in the ditch on that right. first snowfall. That's right. right. That's Snow right. tires. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was something I missed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. I mean, uh, getting ready for winter, you kind of hit all three, which I appreciate. Um, I had a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. And again, if you have any more questions, contact Shift. If you need someone to come in and check your system out, contact Shift. Or any other reputable, you know, solar renewable energy supplier out there. But um, you know, it's a good idea just to get someone who who, can, who knows what they're doing to come in and take a look. You know, it might be a, a couple hundred bucks, but it's peace of mind, right? 
Same for the furnace. You know, every t- every year it's always good just to get it checked yeah. out. So you know if and when it happens because it's more likely to happen in the winter. You're ready to rock. That's right. Exactly. You're ready to power, I should say. There you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Steve Unger, a senior project engineer from Shift, sitting down with us on the Solar PV cast today and uh, had a great conversation about getting ready for winter when it's grid-tied solar, grid-tied solar with battery backup, and of course, off-grid. Steve, thanks for joining. Thanks, Chris. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.